Do you appreciate that worship? Amen. It's good to get in the house of the Lord. Well, let's all put our hands together, shall we, and really make that count. Every time you meet together in the name of the Lord, God shows up. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Comforter all show up. We know that by His stripes we are healed. Every time this book is declared and shared, it is uh, like a mighty sword. It brings encouragement, but it also brings healing, never condemnation. He said He didn't come to condemn us, but to seek and to save and to encourage us. But this word tonight, as it's preached, how shall they hear without a preacher, the Bible says. But God has something to say to those of you here and those of you listening online tonight. It is entitled, Expect the Unexpected. There are times that life can be boring. There are times that you and I feel like that we're living in a rut. And that can be in a, a season, can be professionally, can be relationally, can be physically that, boy, I'm in a rut. I'm in a rut financially. Every month, I experience the same thing. First two weeks, I pay the bill. Second two weeks, I, I live by the skin of my teeth. You live in that rut, and your best effort often is not enough. You wait for things to hit, and they don't hit. You wait for a letter, and it doesn't come. You wait for an invitation, it doesn't happen. You wait for a raise, and it doesn't happen. You've been praying, God, unload your spirit on me. And it just doesn't seem to be enough. And there are those times that we all feel like giving up, giving up in a lot of areas of our life. I think I'm just going to give up serving. I'm going to give up being consistent. I'm going to give up being a, a, a friend. I'm going to give in a whole, in a lot of areas. I'm going to give up on friendships. I'm just going to give up believing that, that this is just the norm of my life and that's just the way that it's going to be. And as a result of that, your level of creativity is low. I mean, you, you haven't said anything new. I, my level of creativity, I don't believe there is anything new. God, I'm just going to be who I am, and I just accept failure. I just accept mediocrity in my life. I accept that for me, for some reason or another, this is just the way it is. Nothing new or exciting. Or you feel like that you're ruled by failure. Boy, I, I hit this, and it was a failure, and I tried that, and it was a failure. I can never get my nose above the water where I can breathe deeply, deeply. And all of those things may be true, but it doesn't have to remain that way. It doesn't have to remain that way. Say that with me. It doesn't have to remain that way. You and I have the power from God. We have the ability and we have the opportunity to see change and enjoy change in our lives. All the things that I mentioned up here, you can say, not me. I, I just don't have the power. You see, someone said, if your horse is dead, for goodness sake, do what? dismount. Don't ride a dead horse. Go ahead and say that. That's supernatural. Don't ride a dead horse. Don't do it. Why? Because you're going to get no action, live in disappointment. But it's your decision. 
It's my decision. Every time I meet and worship, every time I wake up, every time that I go to work, here's what it is. It's your decision to expect the unexpected, to live on the edge and to believe God today could be the day of change. Today could be the day of a supernatural outpouring. Today could be the change that you open the door that the enemy had convinced me was slammed shut and it would never open. But today, God, that's what I believe. And you have to trust God and prepare for that. Of course, the college university students sent a telegram or a text home saying, Mom, have failed everything. Prepare pop. He got the email or text back, and it simply said, Pop, prepared. Prepare yourself. <laughs> prepare yourself. What are you preparing for? Well, here's a couple of pointers that I hope will help us in any area of your life. You might be on the verge of trying to make a decision about business or about launching. You might be on the verge of a purchase uh, of a home. You might be on the verge of saying, I think I might change jobs or whatever the case. And why do you do that? Not because you're getting raises, not because you're getting accolades, because you've hit that rut and you think, boy, this is the way it is. But let me tell you, Isaiah 43, it says, but now this is what the Lord says. How many of you know God can still speak today? How many of you believe he can speak right now? He said, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you, delivered you, anointed you, and I have summoned you by what? By what? By name. Why? Because you are mine. The senior business partner in your business is an eternal one. Amen? The guide that gives you sight in the darkness happens to be the sight of an eternal one. Hallelujah. The comfort that you are looking for is not found in a bottle or a pill. It comes from the throne room of Almighty God who sent the Holy Spirit to give us divine comfort in the midst of great difficulty. Our story is true. It's a story of the people of God, Israel. They were blessed by God. But here's what happened. They took the blessing of God for granted. Pray tell. Can you imagine that? They turned away from God and they became self-sufficient. They hit cruise control and thought, we really don't need to make the kind of commitment, be the persistent one as we are. We really don't have to engage in all of that. And, and just, God, we need to Cadillac back if you don't mind. And what happened an opportunity came, and they gradually began to turn away from God. You are no closer to God than your prayer life is vibrant. Let me say it again. You are no closer to God than your prayer life is vibrant because it is your prayer life, Finn, that causes you to hurdle over all the challenges in your life. If you're tuned up to the disappointment and tuned up to the tears and tuned up to the heartbreak and tuned up to the discouragement, you will never get through in the power of prayer. What we need is to pray through by the grace of God and grab the horns of the altar and say, today, my God, this this is going to be different. You know my name, and I know that I belong to you. You better help me preach tonight. This is how he described them in Isaiah 42, 22. But this is a people plundered 
and looted and all of them trapped in pits or hidden away in prisons. They have become plunder with no one to rescue them. They have been made loot with no one to say, send them back. They came to the realization that it was God's fury that was about to be poured out on them. Why? Because they just walked away. They got discouraged, got depressed, began to listen to the lies of the devil. They began to do things that failed to pray, failed to seek God, let their passion ship slip away. So what is there to do? We're going to slip way back away from the fire of Almighty God. And when they did, he said, this people has been plundered and looted, and there's no one to help them. They've lapsed in what is considered to be the fury of God is going to come, a paranoid lifestyle. They are looking for judgment. I know it's coming. I just know it's coming. I just know it's coming. They, they know it's coming. They feel like, what's the use? God's got his finger. He's cocked his gun, and he's going to come after us, and there is no way we're ever going to get out of this. George Schultz said, and I quote, the minute you start talking about what you're going to do if you lose, you have flat-out lost. You have flat out lost. Listen, friend, you are in the driver's seat of your own personal destiny in God. You're either going to be directed by your emotions. You're going to be directed by your carnality. You're going to be directed by your discouragement. Or you're going to suit up and say, God, I'm going to be directed by the power of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In me is the Holy Spirit of a mighty God. In me is the creative power of God Jehovah. In me is the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. And in me is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Why should I mess around looking like I look? Some of you back there begin to say amen and help me out a little bit. And then we come and we say, what in the world is going to happen? How are we going to manage it? You see, they're looking for judgment. They have no faith and they're ruled by fear. You say, well, you don't understand my financial condition. He knows you by name. And you belong to him. I said, he knows you by name and you belong to him. You remain faithful in your giving of your tithe. Hello, don't you dare take your tithe and say, God, I got to use your tithe to meet, make ends meet. I'm here to tell you, friend, you're going at it the wrong way. You better put that tithe in that offering plate and say, God, I'm trusting you. And you know what God will do? He'll slap your boss man around a little bit until you get what God wants you to have. Isaiah 42, verse 18. Hear, you deaf. Look, you blind, and see. Who is blind but my servant and deaf, like the messenger I send? Who is blind like the one committed to me, blind like the servant of the Lord? You have seen many things, but have paid no attention. Your eyes are open. But you hear nothing. Your answer might be smacking you in the face. And you have too much pride to embrace it. God may have a solution right in your lap. 
But oh, you bow up and say that cannot be. Let me encourage you, friend. Don't you let your poutiness direct your life. Be be, uh, a servant in the Lord and say, God, I humble myself. Now, give me wisdom and direction. You know what God might tell you to do? Go back from when you came and reorder the steps of your life. Anybody out there? What has happened to them often happens to us. I like to say it this way. We live in the wilderness, and we've lived out there so long that we adapt a wilderness lifestyle. We adapt a wilderness mindset. We adapt a wilderness attitude. And however, when God speaks into our life with his word, he says, listen, Isaiah 43, 1. But now this is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. Amen. I said, this is what the Lord says, not what man says, not what that paper says, not what circumstance. He he created you, O Jacob. He formed you, O Israel. Fear not, for I have redeemed you, and I have summoned you by name. You are mine. We know that we were created by God, not some circumstance. We are not to fear. We are the redeemed. God knows our name. We belong to him. Far too many people like these people traded their crown for a hard hat. They traded their sandals for combat boots. They traded their robe of righteousness for armor. They traded their royal heritage for slavery. And God speaks into their lives and says, you are not standing upon sinking sand. You're standing upon a rock that will not shake. My word does not change. You are mine. You don't understand, Pastor. Hadn't much of that been going on in my life. Well, you just go ahead and give up, and you'll waste a whole lot of things in the past of investment you made instead of staying the course and saying, one day it's going to happen. You see, you and I must understand you may face the flood, but he said, I am with you. The river may rise, but I don't intend to drown. You may walk through the fire, but you'll not be burned. Why? Because God's love and faithfulness is not upon a foundation controlled by man or the devil himself, not a foundation controlled by any circumstance or by perfect actions or any reciprocal performance. It is the covenant of love for God's children. He doesn't excuse failure. He forgives it. He doesn't condemn you. He condemns sin. And he loves enough to disciple us and not spoil us. Because of God's love for you and me, we can stand upon the old rock of ages. How many of you remember that song? Oh, not the changing tide of time and circumstance. For some of you, it was hard to come to church tonight. You had to dig in for that second effort. It was so nice this afternoon if you got rain. My Lord, how mercy. 
And God let the rain in before it got time to come to church. And you know what? Say, hey, you know what? We just got to go ahead and get ready. I don't know that I saw too many people dancing in that lobby, running in here and say, hallelujah, it's church time. Let me tell you who usually does that. It's the new converts that have their name taken out of the handbook of the enemy and placed on the Lamb's book of life, delivered from alcohol, delivered from drug, drugs. God saved their marriage. They run into the house of God. A man is going nowhere as long as he live in the realm of the conditional. His vocabulary will be full of words like if provided in case, if so, unless, in the event of, until someone may well want to stop and ask, sir, is the God you serve dead? Jack Taylor wrote, be filled with the Spirit. It's an inside job. And if you insist on an outer experience, then you make emotions your king. So God is saying to many of us in this room and those of you online, what's it going to be? What is it going to be in your life? Losers visualize the penalties of failure. Winners visualize the rewards of success. Amazing. Here's number two. What is that point number two? There it is. What is it, everybody? Let's read the scripture. Here we go. Forget the former things. Forget the former things. Oh, I just tell you, I want to go back to the brush arbor. I want to go back, buddy, when there was no preaching. Oh, hallelujah. I want to go back. And you know what? If going back is the only thing you got to hold on to, you're going to be in sad shape because he's got something new that he wants to put into your lap. The last time I checked, yesterday ended last night. Jack Hayford. He said, the past is dead. You can't gain momentum toward tomorrow, dragging the past behind you. Take your past, get you out an envelope, put it in, visualize, put it in that envelope, seal it up, and set fire to it. And say, now, my past just burn up. Then you're going to be confronted, what do I do now? And you know what God's going to say through the Spirit? Pay, pay attention. Paul writes in Philippians 3, 13, brothers, I don't consider myself to have yet taken hold of it, but one thing I do, what does he say? Forgetting what is behind and start straining toward what is ahead. Do you think he's joking? Do you think he's joking? No, he's not joking. He said, hey, pay attention. You know, pay attention. We should not draw our inspiration from our memories, but from hope of what is yet to come. That'll preach. 
You're a businessman, many businessmen here in the room. You look back and say, well, bless God, two years ago, that was a great year. And all you ever want to talk about, what went on two years ago, and you got this year right before you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to miss opportunity. You're going to miss momentum. You're going to miss new challenges that are there because you are far too busy talking about what happened in your success two years ago. God is saying, saddle up, get in your car, go to your office, sit there, and begin to dream and visualize what is today, what's going to happen today, God? What are you going to do supernaturally in my life? Well, Pastor, you just don't understand. The receivables are far, far too great. You know what that means? Get on your knees and pray and believe God because God has your name written in his Lamb book of life. The past will serve you two ways. It'll either enslave you from the future or it'll liberate you from failure. Isaiah wanted to express to God's people, you have failed, but get up. You failed, but get up. Yes, you've lost your way, but here's a new door. And you'll never go through that new door unless you get up. Listen, friend, the enemy is not controlling your decisions for today nor tomorrow. The enemy doesn't have your future in his hand. The enemy doesn't have your situation. He's not got you back into a corner. Things and circumstances don't dictate how you respond to life every single day. You shake off that stuff and say, God, here's what I know and believe. I'm trusting in you. We remember that past success can numb you to the challenge of walking by faith. All of us have markers of our past. Number one, some are gravestones and some are memorial testaments. I look through this audience and I see some of you because I've been around long enough. I know where you have been. I know some of the heartache you went through. I know some of the pain. I know the rejection. I know the nail-biting incidences. I know all the times that you need to be spanked up a little bit. I know all the times you felt the sky was caving in. But you know what you do? Many of you stayed the course in Jesus' name, allowed the blood of Jesus Christ to motivate you and said, listen, I'm going to not have a gravestone there. I'm going to believe God for the best. Whatever yesterday was, it is history. Let it go now and launch forward by the grace of God. You have done that, many of you. Number three, make room for the dream. See, I'm doing, I'm doing a new thing. That's yard talk. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. You do not, what? He's doing a new thing. And it springs up, but what? But you don't perceive it. What? You don't perceive it. You'll never understand the supernatural if you're not supernaturally minded. It won't happen. Two and two is not four in God's economy. It's whatever God wants it to be on any given day. 
That's why I created females. I'm just kidding with you. I'm making a new way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Those of us who just got back from Israel, do you know what we saw? We saw new growth. We saw new challenges. We saw new water reservoirs. We saw agricultural miracles taking place. We saw all kinds of things that said, God said, that may look like a desert, but when I give the ingenuity and give a man a chance and place a dream in his heart, I can take the desert and turn it into a land of harvest. And that's what God does for us. He takes us, oh, down in outers, down in the mug, down in the pit. And God says, you want to stay down there in that wilderness? I've got a hand. I want to reach out to you. And if you'll take my hand, I'll pull you up. I won't jerk you up. I'll be careful with you. I'll just pull you up and give you a new opportunity. And God said, this is what I'm trying to do with you, but you don't perceive it. It doesn't come in the mailbox. It doesn't come in an email. William A. Ward wrote four steps to achievement. You plan purposely, prepare prayerfully, proceed positively, and pursue persistently. So I have some questions. What, is, what has been on your mind? The wilderness or the promised land? On your business, what's been on your mind? Remain the same, the wilderness, or the promised land? What has your mouth been speaking? Faith? God can. I know it looks difficult, but God can. Or has your mouth been speaking unbelief? I'm going down for the third time. I prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing has transpired. What has your heart been feeling? Romance for the future or defeat and discouragement of the present? God said, I've got something, but you don't perceive it. You don't grasp it. But if you will receive it and perceive it, It'll be a blessing. Isaiah steps to the plate of life with God's anointing upon him, and he makes this new declaration. I am about to do a new thing that's unusual. I am about to tear down the barriers hiding your future. Oh, you can't see them. You're going to come up over the hill and God is going to say, now I put you in a position. It's been there all along, but you could not see it. But you stayed on the journey of faith. And look out there what has been waiting on you. Somebody say, amen. Isaiah 42, 9, see the former things have taken place and new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Do you know what he said? I'm going to tell you what your future is going to look like. I'm going to scream hope. 
hope into your life if you believe it. I'm going to tell you before you actually see it. But you know what you have to do? You have to hang on to that unchanging hand of God and keep marching by the grace of God and say, God, one day I will be healed. One day financially I won't be in a bind. One day, God, you're going to give me that prayer need. One day, God, you're going to heal my body. One day, God, you're going to help me and my children be more than overcomers. Is that who you are? If you become that person, you are going to have to change. You're going to have to get you some new spithorinctum. Y'all with me? I'm talking to all of us tonight. To all of us. And it's amazing when he said expect something new. Plan for your future. Here's one of the things that he said. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And they will soar on wings like eagles. And they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. God said, do you believe it? Do you receive it? I know that you do. Isaiah 42, 10. Here it is. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that is in it. You islands and all who live in them. And if you believe that something is going to happen in your future, then if you believe it, then and only then will you make an effort to prepare for it. And here's what you do. You clean out the closet of defeat. You throw away the garbage of failure. You clean your heart through repentance. And you purge your mind of negative thoughts. And Paul said in Philippians 4, 8, brothers, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, any excellent or anything that praiseworthy, fill up on that. We do that in the power of worship. He says, fill your mouth with praise. Isaiah 43, 21, same people, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Worship teams headed up here right now as quickly as they can because we're going to praise God. Fill my mouth with praise and then start walking toward the promise. Well, God, I, I don't know which way to go. God said the best thing to do is close your eyes and just listen to my voice. You don't have to see. All you have to do is hear. I'll direct your footsteps. Oh, you're going to begin to feel something of a supernatural nature. You're going to begin to feel the burden and the weights that weighted you down. They're going to shake loose. You're going to have the clouded eyesight is going to be clear. and new crisp vision is going to come your way. A new language is going to come out of your mouth. And all that you're going to do is give God praise. And in the presence of the Holy Ghost, you're going to feel what you have haven't felt before but now listen O Jacob my servant Isaiah 44 1 whom I have chosen for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon dry ground 
And I will pour my spirit upon your seed and all my blessing upon your offspring. By your choices, you begin to create an atmosphere of blessing and not burden. So here's the truth. Whatever in the world the old farmer said in yard talk that's got your goat. Get loose from it. Whatever has caused you to worry and to be afraid and nerves and anxiety and tension, whatever it is, tonight is the night you get to walk out of that person into the person God says now I anoint you to follow the path that I have for you but here's where it is you have to be obedient so what's God saying to you what's he doing getting inside your head do you feel that tension do you feel that tension you know what that is that's the Holy Ghost of God Holy Spirit of God. You know what yard talk is? Holy Ghost. You know what lawn talk is? Holy Spirit. But they're one and the same no matter how you say them. Amen? And you have to determine if you're willing to walk in the Holy Spirit. Willing to say, God, I, lay it, I made some decisions and I am, I am bound and determined that that's the path I'm going to take. And you know what? God might be challenging you. Shut your mouth. Just listen. Get away from what you think you need to do and start listening to me. Start making the faith choices. Start making the moves toward the redemptive power. My healing is waiting on you. Amen. Let's pray. Repeat this prayer. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus name I, ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness. I present myself to you. I, present myself I, humble, to you. Myself, I humble myself and I confess my sins. I confess my sins. So, here I am. so here I am. Redeem me. You are now my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you online, we got that prayer taken care of. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to worship. Y'all ready? Hallelujah. The barrier between you and the prosperity and the deliverance is you. The redemptive power of the God that you serve is to take down the barrier and to create new ground that you've never walked before. A ground that you haven't walked because you haven't been willing to take the steps of faith. And in your mind, the enemy has convinced you if you do If you do, 
you'll come up with zero again. But the word that I'm giving you is be redeemed, be obedient, and be faithful. So, Father, we receive that. We believe that it's your word to us. And however many people need to hear it, we worship you. So here's what we're going to do. I want to ask you to stand on your feet. I want to ask some workers, altar workers, maybe some leadership to just come down here to the altar. I don't know if one will respond. I don't know if 10. I don't know if 20. Here's what I do know. If God spoke to you through this word tonight, I said, if God spoke to you through this word tonight, he said, here's the word, but you didn't perceive it. If God spoke to you on this word tonight, you're about to take a step of faith that'll start your journey if you have the faith to do it. Otherwise, you can live back in fear and not react to what God has said. But if you are willing to do what God says, walking out of wherever you are, God will in his holy name give you a special touch and a divine issue of a new vision and a new power. As we worship, you come as God directs you. Would you do that right now? You leadership, pay attention. Come on out, my friend, and let's see what God can do. If you are willing to take that step of faith, Those of you in the balcony, don't stay up there if God's bring you down here. Hallelujah. waiting on you my friend you're going to get the same thing you've been getting if you don't move tonight it is not going to change but one act of obedience challenged by the Holy Spirit will in fact change the next step you take we're going to keep worshiping I'm going to wait on you I don't have that burden lifted because I know there are others that need to get in this place and let's pray together with you would you do that? We're going to wait. Lord, all high, above all 
time I don't have a release I want a release I can do the easy easy thing because I know what time it is but my friend if God's pulling on you that ain't the devil it is the power of the creator of the universe if you're fighting to remain in your seat You need to let go. You need to pay attention. He said, and they did not perceive it. So we're going to worship just one more time. We're going to wait on you. Because when I give the benediction, I'm going to know in my heart of hearts that I was obedient to the very end of this service. And I want to know that in my heart. So I want to wait on you in Jesus' name one more time. Here we go. Tonight, and I, I 
Spirit, we thank you for what we sense and feel. Lord Jesus, you died for us, redeemed us. You're making intercession for us right now. We don't have to live where we've been living. We don't have to live in worry and unrest and anxiety. We don't have to live in the toe of something that happened in our lives years ago. Lord, we don't have to live in fear. Tonight, we're going to leave this room and we're going to let the Holy Spirit resonate in us to believe that we're on a journey of great expectation that God, if a check needs to come in the mail, it's going to come. If a healing needs to take place, it's being done right now. If a relationship needs to be healed, only supernaturally can you do that. But God, it'll begin with me. We're going to believe, Lord, for our family members, our kids that might be foreign to what they know. And they're doing everything they can to live a life that they know in the deep of their heart that is not sanctioned by the Holy Ghost and by the Spirit of God. God, to put your hand on the nap of their neck. And right now as I'm speaking, wherever they are, let them feel a divine moment of conviction. Let what they know from their raising and in their study prior to this time in their life, let it rise up in the name of the Lord and let it be a light in the midst of their darkness to bring to their attention, my God, what in the world am I doing here? Father, in your name, we believe that you're in the house. And God, here's what we know. Next Sunday night is going to be our time again to believe you for the exceptional. And we claim it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. I love you, everybody. They're going to continue to worship a little bit. Maybe another song or two. You're welcome to stick around or shake hands with somebody that you think that's ugly and just give them a good handshake, okay? <laughs>